0: Join us as we read our fan Lindsay's book pick, 4% Fix, by Karma Brown. How to find guilt-free time for what you really want to do, and why it matters. How would you use this one hour, only 4% of your day, to change your
1: life? Are you silly, generous, and opinionated? Or creative, adventurous, and studious? Want to know which Book Interrupted member you're most like? Try visiting www.bookinterrupted.com members to find out.
0: Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. They're the only awards that are only through Lister nominations.
2: We're now besties with Jesse Thistle.
0: (laughs) Carol always jumps
3: to
1: the bestie.
4: I want to feel all the feelings, understand all the feelings. We can talk about them even. But that was hard, definitely, so I... Fully have that greed disease. That's what I think
1: is so ironic because I want to sing its praises and yet I cannot
5: find words to do so. You know, Mm. like there's a little bit of that mentality every person for themselves type thing. And we got to get away from that. This is the correct answer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know about that comment.
1: Welcome
0: to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from September 12th to October 17th. It's Kim's Book Pick, and we're reading From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. From the Ashes is a memoir that exposes what it means to live surrounded by prejudice and racism, and how to find happiness despite the odds. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Welcome to the fan episode. This is the episode where we talk about what the fans think. Okay, so um, we had a lot of comments on on all the different social media um, outlets about our nomination for the podcast awards. Oh nice. So yes, yeah. so many people are like, that's so awesome, on Facebook, and then congratulations, that's awesome, congratulations ladies. A mother said, so proud of you, ladies. We also have uh... a... <laughs> Thanks moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, and Twitter too, people were like, did like emojis, like claps and hearts mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, that was amazing, like even though we didn't win, when I watched it, I don't know if you guys watched it too, People like Brene Brown and stuff won I know. podcast awards. I know. I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is serious." <laughs> like, it's the big, it's like was like the,
2: the big time. time. I like the big time. mind, I treat I changed it into well. Clearly, now we are also famous and are celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> we are
4: <We're laughs> celebs now.
2: You
3: know. I and mean, who
4: won in our category? Sarah? Yeah, who won? Dad.
0: Dad's drinking bourbon.
4: Mm. Oh, that sounds like fun. i right. to tune into this. Yeah, check
0: that out. Yeah. Well, sounds congratulations,
4: dad's drinking bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. That's cool. Yeah,
2: yeah it was just such an and exciting were- experience that, like you said, Sarah, it really doesn't matter that we didn't win. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is for realsies, like we're nominated.
0: It was just, yeah, was such a great experience.
1: How do the nominations work? Was, like, how are we yeah. put forward?
0: That's what's interesting because he mentions it in the beginning. The guy who owns the started the podcast awards, and he was saying they're the only awards that are only through lister nomination. Oh, that's even better.
5: I know. (laughs) So we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, was it was it your mom, guys? (laughs) No. could have been my mom I
1: don't think she would know how
2: Aww. yeah that it wasn't our mother that nominated
1: that same us. mom that commented congratulations you're welcome
0: yeah. <laughs> you're welcome yeah go to we there was a blog post about if they would rather go on a cruise with their friends or go on a cruise with their significant other and Kim wrote neither I'm never going on a cruise again after seeing what happened to COVID that is crazy <laughs> and then someone commented this is the correct answer <laughs> <Other blog posts. laughs> like we all put something else and Kim's was the last that goes on because she goes on on Saturdays and I get someone who's
5: probably reading that. all of them me like this is the correct answer.
4: <laughs> no, I didn't even no know about reason. that comment. That's so funny, but yeah, it's so funny. it is probably the correct answer. I don't know how anyone's ever going to go on a cruise. Yeah.
5: I know, right? Yeah. I have no desire to go on a cruise. But
4: seriously, when covid first
1: started and all those cruise ships were like not allowed to come home like i was like well guess i'm never going on a cruise again because we yeah. never know when the next pandemic may drop mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. be trapped on a like, cruise
0: oh,
4: god. Yeah.
1: stuck in your room
0: trapped right,
2: right?
1: <laughs> oh my god a cruise is claustrophobic enough like, yeah. It
2: is. Bo- Who, has anyone been on one? Like the yeah. rooms are so small. I've been on one. Yeah. yeah. And
4: those people without windows. There's so. a room.
0: There's rooms without windows? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Course. Those are the cheaper oh ones. Oh
1: my
0: God.
4: So those people got stuck in their rooms with no window in like a tiny space for all that time. It actually sounds like heaven to me. A little
5: bit of like finally. <laughs> are you serious?
1: <laughs> a room with no windows? <laughs> the womb.
3: I love oh, those little
5: oh. rooms on cruise ships. They feel like a little, big... Little womb room? You are like a womb room? No. Oh, it's so suffocating. But do you no. like them all day, every day?
3: No. Yeah. If I was stuck forever and I couldn't get home, of course not. That sounds actually
4: like a form of torture, but... I think they allowed them to go outside to get fresh air like an hour a day or something.
3: (laughs) It was like like jail. It's like Like, jail. people paid to go to jail. (laughs) Yeah, and you paid for it. Oh, God. They were in solitary environment. Awful.
4: Yeah. So correct answer, Kim.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Woo! (laughs) So here's another
0: one. So remember, Lindsay, how you had an interruption about dreaming in COVID and asked people, like, did anybody else do this? Someone else wrote on your, like, in your interruption me too and had a little emoji like with their hands up but they do that too and oh, i recently right. had one
5: yeah, yeah so yours was horrible now, but,
0: like, a mask.
2: sarah yours was oh, like yeah. a horrible nightmare of these yeah.
0: complicated <laughs> <life>.
1: <laughs> why don't you share your dream for the listeners sarah
0: yeah share your dreams with the world so my dream yeah so lindsay's dream was all of a sudden she has to grab a mask and why are we congregating groups, I had a nightmare where I was having a lovely dream and then all of a sudden I realized while well, I was on the plane that I don't have my COVID test and the plane is taking off and I'm like what am I supposed to do? I don't have my COVID test and they were like I was like is there testing facilities there? And they're like, mm. like oh my god am I going to jail? Like what's happening? like I'm freaked out that I don't have a COVID test. Which is just because there's, it's so stressful because you have to do it the day before you leave. So you literally find out hours before your flight if you can actually board or not. Like, so.
3: I don't think I would have done it. Like, I love that you came. We had a great yeah. time. I love that you got to see your family. And I'm sure that you've been missing everybody. But I don't, I was like, I can't
0: believe you made it. It sounded like a nightmare. Yeah, my, the life of it was a nightmare. Yeah. It sounded like yeah. a nightmare. What on, yeah. on and on and And then now I'm having nightmares about it happening again in my
5: lovely dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah, it actually caused you
3: some kind of small teen trauma. <laughs>
5: totally, <Yeah>. totally. <laughs>
4: But I think you're on the return. It was pretty good, wasn't it? You said it was fairly smooth once you got your COVID test and everything. Your actual yeah, the only guarantee
0: yeah. at 48 hours, and it came in early, so it was great. But actually, getting on the way back, I had to get my three-year-old a COVID test for the first time, oh. and that was actually a nightmare oh. because they do it at pharmacies for traveling in Canada. They don't do it no. at clinics. Someone that works at like Shoppers Drug Mart was supposed to do her test. The person there wasn't very helpful. I had to do it for them.
2: It was the worst story ever, Sarah. It was bad. It was like shaming her. Like there's something wrong with my daughter. She won't sit there to get it done. And being like, what? what's the matter with her and all this? It's like, she's a three-year-old getting a freaking COVID test. Um, She's three and we're attacking her
3: yeah. face.
0: So I had to do it and he wouldn't help oh. me do it. And and Matty had to help me do it and it was it was a whole thing he was like I have to I'm off in 20 minutes i was like what well, fuck,
3: fuck you buddy
0: <laughs> sorry i go on a plane in 48 hours so
3: god sorry oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> That's anyway, awkward. it was
0: fine, it was what it was. I didn't tell that many people because I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to add stress to an already stressful situation. So when it all worked out, I was like, everything's fine, we're on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> it was stressful.
1: Is that the normal procedure? Like do parents normally have to give their kids the test or did your kid have to get it because she was not cooperating with the guy?
0: The guy wasn't cooperating <laughs> with anyone. The guy the guy the was a cooperating. He might've
1: not had a good kid game.
0: Usually five and under, Canada doesn't require, most European European countries don't require five and under to get the test. But Senegal requires three-year-olds. Everyone? Yeah, one- and two-year-olds don't, but three and up do. So it was the first time she had to have it because we didn't have to have it for Portugal or for Canada.
1: That's another good question. So, how many different versions of requirements did you have to meet or not meet? Because I know that you go to a number of different continents and countries on your way from A to B, right?
5: Yeah. So, is
1: there any consistency? No. How brutal. Like, no wonder you're having Mm. nightmares. Yeah.
5: The new stress stream. And Canada was actually the worst
0: for entry than any of- Like
3: hardest? What do you mean by worst? Like most thorough or least thorough?
0: The more regulations. Mm. But also like for going to Canada, they have an app that you have to fill out, but only can fill up 48 hours before you arrive, which includes your vaccinations and stuff. Then also Canada requires you to have that COVID test within 72 hours of arrival where most countries have it within 72 hours of departure. So Canada doesn't consider your travel time. So like
1: layovers make it. They don't
0: care. So let's say your flight was delayed, then you're screwed. Yeah. Because now you don't have a COVID test to
1: be able to go. Because your 72 hour clock is ticking.
0: And they say on the website, you will have to find a COVID facility to get tested in, in the country you're waiting at, which would mean you'd have to leave the airport get a COVID test. Most COVID tests take 48 hours guaranteed. So you'd be stuck somewhere for days. So then you're trying to like, just in case there's delays, like trying to get it as close as possible. Anyway, it's just crazy stressful.
3: Hence the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you started this whole thing, Sarah, because you had exciting news about a certain follower that's following. I think we all know. Or were you not going to announce that shit? No, hey, Kara! I think that's a Kara announcement. That's a Kara. Who's, oh yeah, Kara, who's, friend? oh, who's friending us?
0: Oh. <laughs> who's
2: friending yeah, Kara? Are we, there? are we jumping into this? Good. Yeah, go, go! Yeah, sorry, I thought it. that's I where that. this whole thing
3: started, but maybe I made that up in my head. you are just waiting for the it, time to get no. there.
2: Wait. I'm like so excited
5: oh. about it. So Me basically.
2: Too. We're now besties with Jesse Thistle. (laughs) Carol always jumps to the bestie. She always jumps to the bestie. I do. I honestly do. Um, I know. I'm like a total stage five clinger. No, I'm really not. (laughs) Um, It just, I think, made me super excited, clearly, that... Well, actually, for the past couple weeks, so during the Truth and Reconciliation Week, uh, I did a number of social media posts just basically highlighting From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle, and I have never received so much social media engagement. On LinkedIn alone, there was an average of like 40 views per day, which for me on LinkedIn, I was like, I was like, that is very impressive. And then that led to just this past week doing a post, just kind of highlighting Jesse Thistle again, because of course we're still within the From the Ashes book cycle. And just highlighting that he has an event with Dr. Gabor Mate with the wisdom of trauma event and (laughs) Lucy and Jesse noticed the post and I couldn't believe it. So at first I just saw that they liked the post and then. I noticed that I had like a following, like request and a a private message. I was like, could it be? And it was just super fantastic (laughs) and wonderful that two incredible human beings took time out of their day to give a like. I know we're not supposed to focus on the likes here, folks, but I got to tell you, it boosted my ego tremendously. (laughs) You dopamine spiked all over the place. I did. (laughs) Um, It was just so... I like beside myself that that Lucy and Jesse would even take time out of their very busy days to even tune into the podcast. And not only did they take time to share that when I wasn't even soliciting for that type of information, but for them to also say that, well, Jesse was saying that, and we've got it bang on, just, whew first of all, what a stress relief, right? (laughs) Like having done the podcast, imagine if like we had butchered it. So for him to give that feedback, to give us a like, send some encouragement, I think I can speak on behalf of all of us, how much that meant to us. I mean, his book certainly changed our lives. It impacted it greatly. And then he apologized that he didn't join us on our podcast. Aww. I was like, "What are you doing so I hope you all There's don't still mind." Time. I respond, "There is still time." <laughs> He's always Jessie. welcome.
4: Yeah, like, yeah, "Yes, I hope
2: that you guys don't mind. I just assumed that we would be on the same page on this matter and I kind of gave a collective response of being like there is always time in the future. There is no need to apologize. In fact, we are really supportive of him honoring the commitment that he made to himself. To his family and his community, that he finishes this dissertation, so no problems there. It was great.
0: Yeah, whenever Aww. he wants to. It's book interrupted, after all.
1: Please interrupt, interrupt us. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Interrupt us. yeah. We love interruptions. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. That's so awesome. Hey.
1: Does that
3: make you happy, Kim? That makes me. It's st- your book st- choice, right? Static.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, that makes me really happy because when Kirsten came on I was like oh my god that's so exciting and then the next person that I thought would come would be him like I just I felt like he would be I don't know maybe I'm just making things up but I felt like he would be someone who would come if he could Mm -hmm. and so to know that he replied and had obviously a legitimate reason to say sorry but then isn't how great is the like I don't know if buyer's remorse is the right phrase but like how great is it that he actually regrets it it's like, oh, he like he really likes us, you know. Like he's like, I can't go on that show, and then he listens to the show and he's like, I should have gone on that show. So
3: that is awesome. Do you guys? Do you think Oprah's gonna join us for my next book choice? Because I'm pretty sure
4: yeah.
1: she will. Right? Oprah's probably gonna come.
4: That'd be pretty cool yeah. though. Be, come on,
2: cool. <laughs> Oprah is any Kara? Are you yeah. gonna ask Kara? <laughs> How could I not, Meredith?
3: Oprah and Doctor. Perry, I got them. They're actually they're they're actually in the hall. Oh,
4: should I bring him in? Okay, <laughs> Oprah, please come on our podcast. You never know. With all these busy people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you ask. Yeah, that's what I did with uh, Kirsten in The Seeing Red. and she came on, I was like, what do you think? Do you want to come? And she did. So you can always ask.
1: <laughs> Is that Oprah's theme song? Oprah's calling.
0: Oprah? Oprah's calling. Hey, I'm on my show right now. Can I
1: call you back? Imagine it was Oprah. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Hey, I'm on my show right now. Oprah, Oprah.
0: I can't talk
3: right now. <laughs> I hope. I'm podcasting. Can I call
2: you back? I'm in the middle of
5: something. <laughs> it's not your book cycle yet. Call us later.
0: Hmm. Can you imagine? <laughs> call us later. We're not ready for you yet, Oprah. Oprah. Well, I started reading <laughs> that
4: book, Kara's book, just quickly. Yeah. And he does, the doctor says, he got a phone call and they, the whatever said, oh, harpo or oprah's on the phone and he's like yeah right shut up go away kind of yeah, thing. it ha, took like a couple calls before he's like oh funny. really oprah's on the phone Oh,
1: yeah. no, i better pick up isn't kara's book the stress book yes this one's oh, no. leah's, leah's book, book. Oh, leah's. Oprah oh, book leah's. Is leah's.
4: yeah the sorry. oprah book is leah's book, book. Yeah. Leah's book. sorry yeah. Yeah. i
2: do like to secretly think of this book as my
1: book though <laughs> i i did a personal <laughs> journal and i made the same mistake too and then i corrected myself i was like i think yeah. it's kara's book yeah. oh no wait yeah. Sorry, Leah, I'm you sorry, weren't, Leah. On, yeah, you weren't so enough good, on brand at this
3: time, Leah. Yeah. I know. I'm, the Leah I'm really brand. diving in, diving deep these days, guys. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know. What happened? I know. I don't know. <laughs> I, as soon as I got comfortable with feelings, now it's like I fe- I want to feel all the feelings, understand all the feelings. We can talk about them even. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Therapy, has. Ch- I'm a changed woman. I'm an open book. Wait
1: a minute. Yeah? i'm just noticing something are you wearing a book interrupted t-shirt mm-hmm. i am <gasps> hello
3: oh yeah okay so this is a failed attempt oh cool. but we wanted to try out how this particular company's like what the fabric was like we don't love like the, the block
2: the black block. this is
3: phase one phase two early designs are coming and hopefully at least one final product Sarah and I are going to fine-tune for the end cool. of this month. Exciting. Ooh, exciting. And we're doing white fragility shirts first, so we can send, I think, a thank you gift to mm-hmm. squig- squig- our first guest. Squigmeister. Yeah. The Squigs. Squigarama.
2: The Squigarama. <laughs> Hashtag mm-hmm. Squigbangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many of
5: those he'll love or hate. He'll like all of them. <laughs> yeah, he's That's pretty true.
4: funny. That's so squiggy yeah. of him. Pretty friendly.
5: <laughs>
3: so Sarah and I are kind of working on a little so we can all have shirts and stuff too. So good. Speaking
4: of fans, we do yes. have fan books next season. So uh-huh. we are looking for fans to join our podcast for those uh those sessions. I already have somebody who has approached Ooh. me. We can talk about it personally, but just a little teaser, who uh, is a very interesting young man who I work with, who knows about our podcast, and who is really well-read. He has a few books that he'd like to pitch to us to see if he could possibly Ooh. be a fan on That's our great. fans.
2: No, let's bring him on to Zoom and get him to convince
4: oh, no. us. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Yeah.
5: Yeah. No pressure. That feels like a nightmare. Make him jump through hoops.
4: We're tr-
1: we're trying to entice fans, not scare them away. It's not Shark
4: Tank. <laughs> like, it like- yeah, I know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yes. Oh. Okay. He would love that. He's very charming. So, but
2: that's what my that's what my brain went to. I was like, that'd be fun
4: for us. That would be fun.
2: <laughs> oh
0: if other fans want to, and Lindsay, you can tell him to go to www bookinterrupted.com slash fans and there's all that and they can fill out an online form even being like great and the dates that we're recording is on there and everything okay great
4: I will I will send him over uh, maybe we can talk about him Yay. being a fan and everybody else please you know put pitch your ideas because we'd love to have you on
1: right heads up fans there's only one slot left it looks yeah
4: like. yeah after Kara does the interview process
2: <laughs> I know this horrible screening process.
1: (laughs) Dance for me. Dance
4: for me? Maybe. If he's good enough. Because of our high high standard. I'm going to tell him I said that.
1: If he's good Good. enough. If he passes Kara's. Barrage of questions.
5: It's like fans got talent. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the fans have to yes. like do some kind of like tap dance routine or like trumpet. Or I'm actually
1: supportive of that one. <laughs> that so wrong um, for the yeah to get on the show. It has nothing to do with anything, yeah. but people's dance skills will be the determining okay. factor.
4: <laughs> we are okay yeah. with
2: fans who want to go above and beyond.
4: You know this guy will definitely do it.
2: You want to buy our affections, we're okay with that.
0: Yeah. Bribery. Bribery, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members in Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com.
1: Book Interrupted.
3: Hi, it's Leah and I have some exciting news. I just signed a lease to expand my business to a larger venue and become a proper shop owner. Currently, I have kind of a private tattoo studio. That's just really a space for me, but I'm going for it. I'm going big time. Got a beautiful space and I hope to open up, up in January 2022. So excited, so nervous, feel like barfing and crying.
0: All right, bye-bye. Book interrupted. One of the things I wanted to go into, remember did everyone obviously saw Leah's artwork she did for From the Ashes, The Hand. So we got a, a bunch of fans commented on it on different okay. platforms. One put great pictorial of so many themes in this book abandonment struck me as a big catalyst to jesse's journey into addiction great work cool bean tattoos there's a couple more and then a whole bunch of people retweeted it and shared it and yeah people really responded to um, they really like your drawing that's
3: so interesting because that's like the least effort i've ever put into one of them like mm. the really? caricatures took a lot of time. Obviously the other ones you can see, they're more like digitally developed after the initial mock-ups and stuff. So it's like, literally I didn't even digitize it or do anything. I just like, it was a sketch. It's so beautiful. that's it's maybe I should go more authentic, less doctored.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, well, sometimes that's less where the beauty yeah. is.
3: Right? Yeah. There's, like I intentionally left novel, it all my work up mm. in it. Because it felt like that was the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like showing all the
0: rough lines and stuff. Very so yeah. it was good great. Deal. It was beautiful. People really responded to it. So you know how we do all those audiograms, the quotes from the show, and we post them all over the place? The quote was from episode one, and Kim was saying, most Indigenous car- cultures are informed by the acknowledgement that everything is interconnected. It's often conceptualized as a giant web. There is no thing that... Doesn't somehow create reaction or effect for everything and everyone around me. A fan commented on that. Great book, many tough moments to read, and it's so deeply moving, this book. And they commented on what Kim had put there. I mean, I think we all can agree. I've already, like, just even preparing today, I was just trying to look for something in the book, and then I just started reading it again. It's just <laughs> such a great
5: book. I <laughs> am rereading so it. It's so good. You are, Mayor? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like did some makeup today and uh i was reading the book and then i was like oh no oh no <laughs> like uh-huh, it's just like this guys. moving part where he's it's the part where he's uh wishing and, and imagining his father showing up at christmas and oh, stuff
4: yeah.
5: um but anyway but you know i am rereading it i mean partially because uh i find it helps uh when i'm writing the blog to revisit yeah. and i do that with a lot of the books i'll read read sections you know, like, see what I want to talk about. I got to figure out what's next week. I don't know yet, <laughs> but it's nice to go back in and get inspiration because there's so many when you reread it, just like Leah's artwork where she's showing like the workup. When you reread the beginning again, you realize that, that it's like that. It's working up to like what you, what it's telling you at the end. And it's all kind of this like multi-layered thing. So I'm kind of like, you know, near the beginning. i
4: still get
2: kid. Uh, it'll be interesting what you pick up on this round. Cause you know how, like, it's the type of book that you know, like you're, picking up on everything, but only certain things are going to stand out. And I wonder if when you read it another time, do you notice other things? You're like, oh yeah, there's just so many
5: layers to it. And you, and you get a sense that you kind of understand him more by the end of the book. So then you can see when he's telling you how you reacted certain ways, like mm. maybe it affected him later on or how it shows up later on. I don't know.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because you already know the ending by this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Your blog posts about the wand about how using the word want and how it yeah it creates wanting and that our like you know Canadian society is very consumer and what I want and want 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 and you're always constantly feeding this want I watched Jesse on that wisdom of trauma like his what is it called
1: like a talk uh, healing trauma
0: through tr- uh, true tradition and resistance indigenous res- resilience with uh, Gabor Maté they actually quoted Buffy St. Marie, who I love, I love Buffy St. Marie, and they quoted something her, and it made me think, like every time I go to Canada there's something, it's hard for me to verbalize the differences in the culture because a lot of it's just between where I live now and Canada because it's just a feeling. What she's saying here and what you were saying about want is something I was saying to my mother that one of the things I love about where I live is that you can't really buy anything nothing really here to buy. You know, like you can go to the market, buy food and stuff. There's nothing really, you have to leave, go for 45 minutes or an hour to go buy something, right? There's not like a grocery store that's every aisle like bounding with stuff. Anyway, so Buffy St. Marie wrote, I wrote this down after I listened to it. The whites carry the greed disease. They need to be cured, but they usually don't mind their disease or recognize it because it's all they know and their leaders encourage it in them. Many of them, Are beyond help when they read that I was like that like I would say I still have the disease because I go to Canada and I'm like oh I have to purchase all these things before I go back but then coming back here it's like such a it's a relief relief. not to
5: want not to want to feel like I need that thing to make me feel happy and the whole idea of giving out instead like finding fulfillment by by giving and having responsibility and assuming you already have that's like you can only give if you have like an abundance in a way, right? So if you are raised wanting to give, and that's, that's part of what Kim said in which episode mm. one, I think, an indigenous worldview is more like you have a responsibility. You have rather than you have rights. And I'm not against rights. I'm all for rights and stuff. But it's <laughs> like assuming that you have, that you receive just because you live rather than assuming you give just because you live. Like just because you're here, you're, you give instead. I like that too. But yeah, the greed disease, that's interesting.
4: Yeah. I definitely, when I was in Newfoundland, uh, I got there and it was so, because I live in Toronto where literally everything is within. And if I wanted to order something online, it shows up the next day. So it's like, i it's so easy to consume there. I was in Newfoundland and like, if you wanted to get something shipped there, it takes couple weeks, probably at least. So I had withdrawal. I was like, Oh my God, how am I supposed to like, I need something like, how am I, I where something. am I supposed to get it? There's, you know, I had to go to Walmart. Like, I guess you could pick it up at Walmart. And I was like, I don't want to go to Walmart. And then I couldn't order. And I was like, okay, I need slippers. And I had, I actually called all the like local stores and was like, do you have slippers? My slippers are broken. And talked to somebody. Cause I was in quarantine at the time had a guy come and drop them off. Cause my feet were so cold, <laughs> but still I was like, Oh my God, I, I don't know how to handle this that I can't get everything and consume 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 all the time so it took a while for me to be like oh I actually don't need that I don't need all those extra things but that was hard definitely so I fully have that greed disease after you got there
1: Lindsay like I mean there, like metaphorically and and it took you a while to get Mm -hmm. used to it did you also experience a feeling of relief
4: yeah oh yeah And now it's, I mean, I still, now that I'm back in Toronto, I did buy some things, but I definitely live, I'm like, oh, I don't need that. And I don't need that. And I don't have to get that. And why would I spend money on something that's cheap? That's going to break that I buy from Amazon that I get, you know, unless I actually need it for something. So yeah, it's definitely a relief to not feel the need to consume all the time, but it's always a struggle. I think it'll, if you're living in a city center with things at your fingertips, it's hard all the time to not because I'm just used to that. And I don't even have a lot of stuff, but like it's just it's, it's whatever so easy. you it's want. in the media. It's the people, it's working downtown Toronto in the financial district where everybody has the you know, the best designs and has their eyebrows painted on and their everything done and everybody spends money for everything and you're trying to fit into that. It's hard to not consume all the time
0: but I think also going into a store I would not normally maybe even think I needed this thing that I need was at this store that I ended up purchasing I was at winners and I was like oh oh that might be good like it's all of a sudden because it's just everything is available that you think oh maybe I I would want that and that might be good and all of a sudden you're buying a whole bunch of stuff and you're like I haven't needed this for three years or four years. Why do I need it right now? But because it was there, I purchased it. I feel relieved being here that there's, you know, I go to the grocery store once every two weeks and that's it. Even then it's hard, difficult to find things when I'm in the city looking for stuff. Like it's not as, it's not as easy. I think that's nice. It's relaxing, it's
1: peaceful. I like that. <laughs> so this is off topic, but back on what yes, I was going to say before about yeah, the experience of from the ashes in the rereading of it, and like to touch on what Meredith and Kara were both saying. I mean, I, I guess uh, this would be for me what makes a good book or a good story or whatever. It's like more than cerebral. You know what I mean? Like you consume it mm-hmm. maybe on first mm-hmm. pass, like cerebrally. And you take it in and you comprehend, right? And then the longer that you think about it, or the more times you read it, like, I don't know if it's messaging or whatever. Like, I don't know what the word would be to describe like the soul of the book, but that soul of the book seeps deeper and deeper into you. This is why I would explain why I have such a hard time verbalizing my experience of the book, because it's more than my head that I uh, understood that book with. It's like my totally. body and my heart and my soul. And the more that I read it, I don't know if viscerally is the right word. Like it affects me wholly, entirely, not just in my logic brain. It affects my whole entire existence. And that's what makes it so brilliant, I guess, is like a gift that keeps on giving or whatever. It's just such a an experience that it's funny because it talks to your deep inner knowing yes exactly
2: from the ashes in my mind is a true piece of art it is not just a book it is art like that's what it does it pulls out like Sarah and I had a Marco Polo with each other just kind of on like the similar topic of when things go to your insides. Is it your feelings? Is it your senses of something? It's like you get it. Is it through symbols? You don't know, but it certainly isn't in the English language necessarily. Right, and that's what I
1: think is so ironic because I wanna sing its praises and yet I cannot find words to do so. I need to be like, I wish I could express it. Maybe I should try expressing it in
5: dance
4: or
1: so you know I some other yeah, non-verbal now.
5: <laughs> right now <laughs> it's interesting because like <laughs> it, does it is like this yeah um kim what you're saying is interesting because i'm reading or listening to this book called the the master and his emissary and it's all about like left brain right brain and like where's left brain is like about uh, syntax and like language and stuff it's you can't explain your right brain stuff with words effectively because you just can't because it's more about things like music and dance and stuff so maybe that would work most of your emotions are primarily or activate your right side rather than your left coming from your conscience into your unconscious that's what the book is doing where it's like goes from like the words into feeling maybe you could do a little song I like the idea of you doing a dance I feel like the right side of my head should be visibly bigger (laughs) like I'm full
1: from the book like I should have a lopsided brain now because it was just so filling in so many ways I guess is the I don't even know I I
4: still continue to stumble along agree with you in that for me it kind of manifests in especially when I'm in Toronto I'm talking about the financial district and seeing people who are homeless all the time in Toronto and I actually have like a a feeling when I see them because I think of this book and I think of his experience and all of those like not even thinking like I feel all what I read from the book and then I feel that and I see them and I think I don't know it's but I agree it's not like a think thought it's like all of a sudden all that comes to me at the same time when I Mm -hmm. see somebody who's homeless
3: since the book I notice homeless people uh, all the time i don't know if i'm supposed to use that word. if we're supposed Maybe to use that experiencing, homelessness. experiencing homelessness it's people experiencing homelessness sorry i i said that it's okay. wrong um, yeah all the time I like the exact like i oh, like obviously in toronto you always do in burlington it's a little more under the covers a little more i didn't even know that margins, there
2: were in burlington lots. Be so well hidden
3: I don't know. It's also come up a lot, obviously, through COVID. Lots of people are struggling. I've had the same exact, I think, experience that you're describing, Lindsay. I'm really like more curious,
1: not just like empathetic, but curious about their experience and... It transcends, yeah. right? Like it transcended the experience of reading a book and being like, oh, there's a story, blah blah," or whatever. And then now it's become one with our being, you know? And so as we move forward in the world, like those stories are now part of us and have changed us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of
0: the other things in that panel that Jesse was on, uh, one of the other panelists said in his language as Lakota, you can't speak it without intuition and I feel like the language of Lakota is spoken with only with spoken with intuition and he was saying because this particular panelist is all about languages and he said many of the things in his language there are no words in English and vice versa they don't translate into the language so it makes me think of what you guys are saying intuition makes me think of it's all about the feeling and that side of the brain Jesse doesn't speak Lakota but you know, maybe it has something in there that makes you because of his traditions.
1: It's like in like, yeah, like the purpose of Indigenous storytelling is exactly what I feel like we're kind of describing here, not being Indigenous and not having that experience in our upbringing or our teaching or whatever. But that's one of the things that. The way that we describe this experience of this book is kind of how one might teach you about what storytelling means in Indigenous cultures, right? And Mm. back to your point on language, Sarah, forgive me ahead of time because I'm not going to do what I'm about to tell you all justice, but it resonated with me. And I can't remember where I learned it, if it was in that Alberta, that U of Alberta free indigenous studies course or whatever, but an indigenous person was explaining some of their language. And so they were telling them the word for good morning or wake up or whatever it was. And within like their one word, it wasn't like in English where you say, hello, that's a greeting, the end. In, in their language, it was, this means we greet the day. We're grateful that the sun has risen again. We are full because, like, it was just layer after layer after layer of meaning. Like, it captured so much. This is why the loss of language is such a, a major issue and, and, and an urgent thing to, to stop because it holds so much of their culture in it. I didn't understand that until I saw that particular clip with that teacher, just explaining how, okay, this is our word for this and and this is what it means. And it's just so wholesome, not in the word, like not in the sense of like good, but wholesome is in in encapsulating like this whole concept, Mm -hmm. not just a word and a definition. So
5: it's a word, it's an interpretation of a much larger concept.
1: Yes. Every single word. Right. Mm -hmm. And so everything is a lesson, right? When you speak that you're being reminded to to walk gratefully because you've been
5: allowed to wake up again. And mother earth has provided you with everything you need. And we and that and- you're connected and you're part of it. And that's what we need more of, especially with the climate crisis. If everybody had that, we'd be able to like come together and work together instead of, you know, say, well, save yourself and your family first, you know, yeah. like there's a little bit of that mentality, every person for themselves type thing. And we got to get away from that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and a little mm-hmm. bit is a bit of an understatement right like yeah. literally we are yeah, individualistic yeah. and competitive totally. in our culture mm-hmm. we don't view the system or whatever our resources as enough for everybody we view them as fixed oh right? i got a good
5: quote that i looked up but just give me a second that i read a book that has is on this uh, subject just give me a second i'll come back to it
2: how many books do you usually have on the go at once Mayor? <sighs> too many man too
5: many <laughs> uh one one two three four i don't know like four or five right now I want to learn everything i just really
2: okay how many of you others i typically will do one maybe two books at a time what about others so i'm
1: like that too Kara. i need to have like separate like i need to be able to, to compartmentalize them oh like me I can't too. Read two, right like two that are kind of similar otherwise i'll forget where i am you know like i need to be like one and i can't digest it yeah. then
2: i can't get into it and like yeah what about you lindsay
4: i always i start a lot of books and don't finish them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I think I have maybe 40 books that are on my shelf right now that I've started and I'm like, oh, I'll get back to that and then I don't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm reading 40 books at the same wow. time. Really, I focus on...
2: Wow, and then it's like, may the best yeah. win. No, but
4: I once I get into one for the podcast and stuff, I've obviously read from start mm-hmm. to finish and I read The Henna Artist recently that my mom suggested. That was a really good book and so oh. I finished it. But yeah, I'm not good at... I'm always reading bunch of books what about you Sarah
0: I read one paper book until I finish it and I don't move on okay. to the next one until I finish it of
2: course I expect nothing less
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I and I listen to audiobooks at the same time audiobooks is my favorite thing to read in between reading paper books because I can read it while I like, cook dinner or uh, like I said to you guys before bake or hang laundry like I'm constantly listening to I probably finish one audiobook like every week about yeah I love audiobooks.
2: Wow. And then what about you, Leah? Are you like one? I can barely,
3: barely get through like the book cycles for me, for my brain or learning style. Like it's really hard for me to keep up. It's just because I have like uh, reading comprehension issues. I have to reread a sentence over and over once we started this uh, listening to the same book. So like I'll read it at night and then usually try and listen to the chapter on my way to work. And then I can take it in. Because for some reason, my brain doesn't Interesting. retain anything from visually seeing letters. Oh. It just looks like letters on a page, or I guess, I don't know. I th- It's called reading comprehension, or there's a fancy name, I just can't remember. This has been really good mm. brain development doing this podcast for me, actually. I feel like I'm becoming a better reader, a stronger reader.
2: Yeah, look at me go. Mayor, did you find
3: oh, the yeah. quote? So
5: here's the quote. It's it's in a book called, it's for kids, older kids, I guess, but I wanted to read it. It says, How to Change Everything by Naomi Klein. And she said, when we harnessed fossil fuels, we did not do away with the give and take of relationships in nature. We merely delayed it. Right? Oh. I think I love that because part of like the Western thing is we'll just use up the whole uh, earth and it, there's it's an abundance and it's there for us to keep rather than looking in the future and say what's going to happen down the road and all this stuff and this this is part of you don't feel connected like it's just something for you you to use right now the earth is saying okay now it's my turn like my turn to take back you've been taking all this time but anyway i really like that that. that whole like give and take relationship it's just the idea of time which is another difference between a lot of like indigenous worldviews and the western worldview is that You know, you need to look into the future and like the idea of time, whereas we're like, oh, what's going to happen in my lifetime rather than what's going to happen in several generations. Now people are all upset about the climate crisis, but like, it's just catching up because it's been several generations of us just not caring, taking and taking and taking and thinking it's never going to be take back. Yeah, it's
0: not a give and take. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. I like that too. Anyway, cool. I like that quote. So I wrote it down. I love it so reasonable.
0: Meredith, the one we asked, it was a blog post where we um Meredith described yourself in high school you know what we all described ourselves in high school and it was a hard one I'm like I, I was don't know like,
4: horrible it was
0: really hard. but someone commented on yours and they said because you know how you said you went barefoot at school and you don't know how you got away with it and she she wrote life is much more fun with feet. bare feet <laughs> hashtag yes yeah that's, that's cute nice. right yeah. yeah that's a good quote I love it yeah I can get on I'm board with okay. that.
1: Okay. I I'm hate wearing hatching. socks. Like I hate, you know, I like I would wear sandals. Like I don't have to be barefoot at high school or something, but I get upset <laughs> in <laughs> no, this summer. Your own. I will I would, I think. But like I in yeah. the when the summer ends and it starts to become time to put your socks on. Oh I, like oh, I love that. socks. Oh, I makes love it makes me sad. so much. You
5: get into the house. If I have to wear socks in the house, socks off yeah right? like so
1: i want to love wearing socks. socks on your feet you sisters down there i don't um, ever sleep with yes socks, i do unless it's really cold
3: but no i love socks I
1: love socks on the feet. i like no i don't get me wrong i like hot feet like, i want my feet to be warm unfortunately i don't want that to be accomplished with socks
5: oh my feet are like <laughs> icicles my feet are like always freezing cold but it i guess it doesn't bother me i think like my heart doesn't beat my my blood down there
2: or something <laughs> like don't
5: that like it's enough to make my husband shriek if he gets into bed yes it like, doesn't matter things. how long i was there my feet will be freezing cold <laughs> I'm the
3: do same you guys as know
0: sure. do you guys know this thing there i think it's called cold Sock therapy or cool feet therapy or something like that. I I use it when I have bronchitis and only when I'm really sick because it's super uncomfortable. You take a cotton sock and you put it under ice-cold water, yes. and I've then
1: this.
0: drain it, put it on, and you have to put a wool sock over on the top, and then yeah. you go to sleep.
3: You and do this when you migraines get migraines too. My parents used oh, to do this to me when I get migraines. Yeah.
5: What is the science oh. behind this? What does it do?
0: A naturopath told me to do it for, because it brings down the heat, brings it down so I could actually fall asleep. Oh. So, and by the time, like feet will get crazy hot to warm up the socks. So by the time I wake up, the cotton sock is completely dry. Hmm. Whoa. And, uh, That's crazy yeah. to me. I've and never and even had a dry fall sock. Asleep.
1: We've never had a dry sock. No, my, feet a dry sock. Are, my feet, no, my feet, maybe that's why I don't like socks too. My feet, even if Sweet, they're cold, feet. are constantly sweating. They're the wettest oh, feet ever. So what? if I put a wet sock on my foot, it would never dry, ever.
5: Hmm. Oh, You'd have like oh, mushrooms growing
2: between your toes and <laughs> like no time. Yeah. Yeah. What happened?
5: <laughs> I got a funny that. visual. <laughs> I think Leah needs That's, that's, yeah, that's like, the
0: drawing. Like you do art <laughs> for like, your <laughs> yeah. mushroom
1: toes? Yes, please. <laughs> please, can I?
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com.
1: Are you interested in buying this book? Do you want to order the next book so you can read along? Go to www.bookinterrupted.com shop to see a complete list of our books. And if you haven't tried them yet, our affiliate partners, The Bookshop and Libro.fm, both help support your local bookstore where available. Thanks for taking the time to check in and connect. We'll see you next time on Book Interrupted.
0: Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book
4: Interrupted
5: i'm lindsay and i'm excited to be part of book interrupted
4: and we're doing a book on time management, (laughs) and we're all like we haven't started we're late this is happening
1: eventually they're kind of snarly like i need time to do my things well for me it's really hard because i don't ever want to get out of bed i don't know sometimes i feel like my most creative
3: time is that time when everybody else is asleep
1: felt like there was like the
2: race against the clock as we get into like adulting
5: lindsay this is leah (laughs) (laughs)
1: book interrupted never forget every child matters